Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the lower Columbia Pacific region. I am one of your hosts, Teresa Retzloff. And I'm Jessica Schleif. And we are here together. We are together. It's pretty exciting. We haven't <laughs> seen each it. other for this show for, for quite a while. Um, and uh, we're sitting here in Jessica's beautiful garden in Astoria, um, outside, safely, um, being engineered by the wonderful Emily Geddes, also very safely away from us, and yet nearby, just in case something goes wrong. So thanks for hanging in there with us as we navigate um, radio in a pandemic. Yes, we've tried a lot of different ways of recording the show, and call-ins and now here we are we're, we're trying a new thing yeah. and we'll see how this goes so thanks thanks for um for being there and listening and um how's your garden doing <laughs> well right now because it's not raining i know oh the, my gosh the, seeing the sun again is beautiful yes. uh today a little bit of i can't say blue sky but like pale not quite gray and rainy. Well, there's actually out. sun shining mm. in my eyes right now, which hasn't happened for a couple of days. I, did, did, was that a wet June? <laughs> I mean, I I, you I, know, th- I think that took the January to a new, to a new level. level. <laughs> I turned the heat on. We turned the heat on in our house the other I put night. The kibosh on my, I was like, oh, you're not allowed to turn on your heat. But there was a couple of nights that I started a fire just because. It was, oh my gosh. it was cold. Yeah. It was really cold. Um, we didn't have to water, and that was good. That's a plus. I have been, that, that, I keep bringing that up in my mind mm-hmm. over and over Finding again. Finding the positive. As a gratitude point for the weather. Yeah. I'm like, well, at least you don't have to water right now. So that's a plus. Yeah, um, no, that has been amazing. And some things in the garden are just doing so well the the mm-hmm. greens are looking really yep. beautiful the cooler weather for, crops yeah. um as far as the perennials it's just been a dynamite year for um irises were just incredible um, many of the perennials lots and lots of bloom time no blaring sun to to dry up blossoms and hurry Mm -hmm. things along so it's been really beautiful but when we get into the warmer weather crops my tomatoes are just kind of you know ours out at the farm are doing okay the ones we have outside the ones in the greenhouse are are doing great yeah the outside tomatoes I thought they were going to be really mad at me and they're okay they're actually pretty lush they don't look diseased they're just slow. They're our, just slow. Our squash are growing slow. Yep. Our beans are growing slow. Everything's just slow. And then it's weird because we'll have a couple of days of sunshine. I mean, as much as June was terrible, um, there were a couple of yeah, days there was that some were warm. just gorgeous and warm. And, and the growth I, poured on. I feel like things doubled or tripled in size yeah. and then they stopped again. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about. Uh, I'm worried about powdery mildew. Having a I, lot of dreams about powdery mildew coming, coming. It's not there yet, but I'm feeling like it's just lurking. I'm worried about the amount of time we're going to have these long days. And, yeah. and if some of these things that are sensitive to yep. how much time they can have in the heat yeah. and light. But... I mean, things are putting down roots. They've been watered well. Yeah. And it's. I think it's just, it's a little, it feels a little delayed. I'm trying to tell, I'm telling myself that this means we're going to have a lovely late summer. Yeah. October is going to be gorgeous. 
We're not going to have that hard frost at the beginning of October like mm-hmm. we did last year. It's going to no. be a gift to make up for <laughs> this because otherwise, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> yeah, broccoli. The broccoli oh. is doing so well. Yeah. Um, so berries you know, are setting. I yeah. see the berry bushes you know, setting. But I and and I will say this: like we've we've been harvesting strawberries and yeah. raspberries, and they taste good, but not great. Yeah. Because they haven't had that heat. They haven't really had to the produce heat to the, kick sugar. in the sugars. Yeah. So I think it's like the things that really do love that heat are doing okay. And the things that love like cool, lush, wet weather, like the leafy greens, lettuce, kale, chard, broccoli, loving it. Very happy. So it kind of depends on where on that spectrum you stand and where your garden is. How, um, how have your weeds been, Teresa? Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> The weeds. The weeds this year are off the charts. And I think it's because we keep getting this rain and then we get these warm days and we get rain, we get these warm days. And the the weeds are crazy. They're crazy, crazy. Um, I've, I don't remember a year. And I, I feel like I say this every year, but this year is just epic. And I'm, I'm trying not to cry too much but there's times when I walk out and I feel like I just weeded that I know. area are yeah. you kidding me yeah. and it's just a carpet there's again. areas where I'm strategizing um, where s- sometimes I don't have the amount of time it's going to take to go and dig things mm-hmm. so I'm just taking seed heads off yep and putting just, them in bags yep, or... just try to prevent it spreading anymore yeah, yeah there's a uh, lot of I feel like this time of year my my one of my keywords is triage <laughs> it's just like okay I'm, I'm losing control of this how can I just make it not be so bad There's... and 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 try to just uh, and I feel like you, I, I'm inspired by you so often because I think that you know even though there's chaos there are moments of beauty and there's things that are blooming. I'm looking at your garden and it is just ridiculously gorgeous. There's lav- Your lavender is so much farther along than mine is. Um, the Japanese maples, the color. I saw your currants covered in berries earlier. We're sending you home with some of those. They're, it's just, it's lush and beautiful. So many things blooming. Thank you, Karin Temple, it, uh, for the woman that owned the garden before I did. Thank you, Karin, for planting so many beautiful berries. And I've definitely added things into the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, but those red currants, the the blueberries, there's things here that that yeah. were planted with intention, and and I feel really gifted <laughs> by, by them. I, and that's an interesting thing. I feel like a lot, you know, a lot of people when you move into a home like this, you might have a very established garden that you're moving into, and. You know, maybe you have different ideas about it. Maybe there's things you want to change or things you want to keep. How did you approach this garden? You know, I really, the, the, the this garden is, uh, um, it's a fin built house from 1951 and it has uh, a series of terraced rock walls in the back that basically they excavated, took all that rock and, and you know, built these these rock walls that really help with the heat back here mm-hmm. and make a lot more land yeah. I think because you have you have terraced beds yeah mm. um it's a cool thing to inherit it's it's beautiful and some of the things you know I, I waited seasons before I really started doing editing mm-hmm. except for the juniper bush yeah. and some things that I knew uh, that's taking up too much space. It's not giving me anything. Like if you really don't like a plant, it's okay to take it out. I think so. I mean, if it's your garden, 
you know. Although that, I mean, like, why is that camellia still at my house? I, well, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I know, I know. I like, I have, I have guilt about removing some things. I, I think partly because some of them, when they're really big, established perennial plants, um, oftentimes their their habitat. You have birds yes. that are used to being able to use that bush, that shrub every year. Um, and I feel bad about just taking it out. It feels rude. Well, and uh, and honestly, it's like living with things. If you're coming to a new space, living with things for for some seasons and really seeing what they're providing for the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. my do- <laughs> hello Tucker. Tucker. My dog is looking at a small hole in the fence because he knows I'm distracted right now. <laughs> Thank you, Emily engineer and dog wrangler tucker get down here (laughs) (laughs) another Uh, challenge in gardens (laughs) is if you have pets um how do you keep them inside you have some very good fencing here and that's good i I just Uh, i i'm i just find this garden very inspiring um if for all the different textures and colors and seasons that it allows you and i mean to me what's really beautiful about this is it does show how many different things grow in this climate and to and to be able to mix ornamentals with edibles Mm -hmm. you know to have different little areas yeah that you don't feel like you have to do one or the other exactly um what you know you talking about editing and, Mm -hmm. and taking things out i will have to admit in the front garden which has a beautiful crab apple tree that was pre-established mm-hmm. uh, that has grown to twice its size since I've been here in the five years. Uh, there was a hedge there that I really thought, oh gosh, hedges. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I might take that out. And mm-hmm. But we, we, one of the things to look at when you're looking at things is what kind of protection is it providing you? Yeah. Also, I'm here on the South Slope. If I would have taken that, if I would have just come in and you know, cowboyed around and cut that down before I lived here for a couple of seasons or even just a season, just a winter. Let me know how much uh, wind protection that was giving me in the front. (laughs) Sometimes those established features are there for a reason. Yes, exactly. And when you remove them, it can surprise you. Yes. Like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, actually, that was giving me a huge amount of privacy oh, from. Gee, that took the road. 15 years to grow, and I just took it out before I spent yeah. any time with the plot of land. Yeah, it's gardening is is just such a series of of acts of patience and um, recovery from <laughs> bad choices. Well, and it also can be. Um, a, a mindful observation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that that's something, sometimes we just get so busy mm-hmm. and all we're thinking about is the morning glory yeah. crawling up the fence or the weeds coming back where we just weeded mm-hmm. or, um, but to, to be able to take that time to observe our gardens and see yeah. who's coming to what plants. I mean, yeah. that was, you were admiring the pineapple sage, yep, which is a very late bloomer. Uh, and that was one that I just watched how many hummingbirds were coming to that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to divide that plant. And I, I made extra plants to put out front so that uh, right outside my kitchen, mm-hmm. I now have one where the hummingbirds are just coming right there, right oh. to the window. I can sit there and watch them. And and that's kind of a foolproof every fall, as long as I'm kind of pulling the mulch up, mm-hmm. Um 
that that's it'll overwinter for you. It'll overwinter for yeah. me. Yeah, I, I feel like July, midsummer. Well, I, uh, summer. It feels weird. Summer just started. Yeah. Um, and it's such an exuberant time here, and everything's exploding and going crazy, and it can feel really overwhelming. And I feel like. I, I mean, I know for for myself as a farmer, there's just like, it's just this crazy trying to keep up. Everything's exploding. You're just trying to stay on top of things. And to, to stop and really savor what's happening right now, mm-hmm. because there is so much beauty. And um, I don't feel like we do that enough. And maybe that's something that I'm thinking about more this year as it's been so weird and there's been so many like like moments of pause and so many people have their lives on hold and... You know, there's. It feels a lot slower and quieter in some ways, mm-hmm. and so there are these moments to stop and look around and think, "Huh." I mean, you know, you and I would never have been sitting in your backyard doing this weird, like, no, distance we ru- recording. We would run to the radio, sh- the radio. We would station. be sitting in yeah. the station at KMUN doing doing a recording, and so here we are, like, having this half hour talking about gardening together. But I'm looking at this beautiful garden, and I'm I'm watching the insects, and I'm seeing the hummingbirds, and I'm watching the birds fly over, and um, just seeing a garden that's different than my own mm-hmm. and thinking about, huh, I didn't think about growing that, but yeah, that's beautiful. And, and perennial edibles, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. mi- to mix the, the, you know, I definitely have some things in here that are ornamental. Uh, the Japanese maples, I just can't help it. I had, People I had mentors. Japanese maple problems. Uh, are, yeah. I had mentors and they passed that addiction onto you. Yeah. The the Acer addiction is yeah. highly contagious if you're around them. I uh, love them, but I'm also like, eh, you know, I mean, they're pretty. Oh gosh. See, I know. For me, I, they just, <laughs> I, oh, gosh, they just drive me crazy. I think I'm it looking protects at, me. It's, it's also like, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't smoke cigarettes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that's cool because I save a lot of money and my lungs are good. But I'm like, I, you know, I'm glad I don't have the Japanese maple thing. I, I think they're beautiful. And certainly if someone gave me one, I would plant it and I would love it and I would treasure it. But um, there's but, those, but, I, but in your garden, I'm looking at it going, oh, wow. Those yeah, are they're so sculptural. Beautiful. And to be able to have some of those colors catching, you know, I'm looking at the geisha gone wild. Uh, there's two of them. One of them has to come out. Probably both of them have to come out, but I'm growing them out Wait, there. It's called geisha gone wild. It's called geisha gone wild. Who named that that is ridiculous <laughs> but okay. look at her it's, it's beautiful it's but pink. look at her it's it's kind of pink it's it, it pink is pink and green it's pink and green oh, wow. um and and you know it's just catching this pink of this hydrangea up above uh and there are things that are just for ornament but if you really look at it i have a lot of perennial edibles in here almost that whole hillside is yeah. you know herbs well and and i really love that because i think that you know this year has brought a lot of people to thinking about growing food to thinking about you know needing to have like food growing in your garden and i think a lot of times people approach it as an either or yeah, I, either i have a vegetable garden or i have an ornamental garden and to to think about mixing the two together that you can combine you know perennial edibles like berries you know, an artichoke plant, rhubarb, different things like that, and then have some space for some some transitional annual leafy greens. Yep. You know, kale, broccoli, 
peas or beans or things like that but then also mix that in with uh, perennial herbs and and just beautiful and perennial edibles yeah but just the the flowers that are so beautiful yeah and attract insects and make for a beautiful ecosystem i think that that you know combining all of them together um i think is really inspiring and and wonderful and and i feel like gives a lot more pleasure well and you don't have to you know reinvent the wheel every season I mean, I love vegetable gardening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, farming is amazing. And, and people that can till up, you know, a, a, a giant vegetable patch and replant it every year. Like, wow. Like, more power to them. But, mm-hmm. like, the idea that um, you're not disturbing the soil as much to have some of those perennial edibles uh that get bigger that you can make divisions that you can share with other people um that i don't know that permanence feels really good and i know that Mm -hmm. they're holding the soil and i know that they're there and i don't have to re-establish the entire garden every year i definitely save spots i save earth for things that I'm going to you know have as annual plants each mm-hmm. year but the, but there is something I think and and I feel like this this year is really bringing that home to me where to combine more perennials into your garden whether they're ornamentals that you're growing for for pleasure cutting beneficial insects habitat or or perennials that are edibles you know berries fruit trees and, other things and then leaving space for some annuals I feel like that is just a really good balance yeah and it allows for that kind of flow where there's some areas where you you work on them really hard certain times of year you have to prune your blueberries or you know tie up your raspberries or do something like that but you really don't have to do that every week yes. it's not a daily yeah. chore it's yeah. just an every once in a while chore and then that leaves you time to work on the other things and you know to do a little bit of weeding while you walk around and smell the beautiful flowers and herbs and yeah and and, it. and also um thinking about you know a lot of the flowers that are out here are edible flowers mm-hmm. i love the dianthus you know that, that there's so many flowers that are edible i know you grow quite a few too yeah you know that you th- it's fun to to toss those into salads or decorate a cake with them things like calendula bachelor buttons little roses Viola. violas and pansies mm. there's so many things like that that are really fun um you know if you have kids that's a fun thing to do with kids and i think it's really it's great if you have a you know a cake or cupcakes and you can like pick a bunch of calendula petals and use them as confetti Mm -hmm. to decorate on top I think that's something that's really fun to incorporate into whatever it is that you're doing and they're also beautiful and the insects love them and they're they're great plants to have around Um, yeah I think things that just you know I I, one of the things I appreciate as I've gotten older um, as a gardener and a farmer is that I don't take things so seriously yeah anymore I think when I was young and I really was trying to like garden the right way well I think this is a life lesson I was, here not um, just with gardening well, huh? I know, but I you know I, I try to adopt some very like what I thought of as sophisticated attitudes about plants and this plant is a good plant and that plant is not a good plant you know no one would plant that plant in the garden <laughs> and now I'm like yeah I want to grow that that's super cool I mean I remember being really snooty about fuchsias and just thinking that that was like a that was an old lady plant why would you plant a fuchsia 
And now I think they're hilarious and yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, the deer don't eat them. And the hummingbirds just... love them. They bloom all winter long. <laughs> like, fuchsias, yeah, totally seeing it now. You know, and I and I love that that's, like, I see that the importance of having things in your garden that are just purely there because you love them, because yeah. you enjoy them. You've been such a permission giver for that. I know when we, the first radio show that you had me on as a guest, and I was admitting my guilt for gl- growing so many flowers that you know didn't have a purpose and you said oh girl there's a purpose to that that's called beauty, beauty <laughs> and we is... need beauty in our life and we need texture and yeah. I, th- I think of the lambs here I think oh. of the stackies yeah. uh, and just oh the softness of those leaves mm-hmm. there's certain things that I, I grow I mean just purely for that kind of pleasure mm-hmm. they just they're fun to pick and feel and yeah or just, yeah, just to look at. And they bring you joy. And I I love that. And I think that this time of year, what I'm appreciating about the weirdness of the time of this year is that it is like lots of, you know, stopping and starting. There's, there's a lot of, you know, pressure and time and like the seasons moving and all of this. But there's all these moments of quiet and stillness where I'm stopping and looking around and just seeing some things blooming and just yeah. thinking, whoa. Yeah look at you yeah today for me uh out in the the other gardens worlds the mm-hmm. scabiosas oh yeah oh my these are the um, pincushion flower also known as pincushion flower there's perennials there's annuals that's a gorgeous gorgeous so, tell flower tell me about that black one that you grow the scabiosa um, uh i grow one it's a it's an an well annual but i often have it over winter See, it's like I've a short it over winter it's like a short-lived perennial um scabiosa black knight um, oh. It gets this beautiful dome of this very, very dark. It's not black, but it's almost like a burgundy. Yeah, like a chocolate. Deep, like... deep burgundy. They're tall. They get about three, three, They're four amazing. feet tall. They can fall over if you don't prop them up against something. Or, or, or you know what mix I did them with, in with other things. What I did with those, and I know we did a lot of like early spring talking mm-hmm. about this, and. You know, there's certain things that I've always kind of cut back, like phlox or mm-hmm. the helianthium, things that you cut back maybe halfway mm-hmm. and they'll branch out. The scabiosa, I did that with the scabiosa this year after having some of them flop last year, and they seem to be performing really well with Do it. Do they not grow as tall? They, well, we'll see because yeah. we're... You can sometimes get a much sturdier plant. And I know this is something I'm learning as a as a cut flower grower. I mean, I still feel like I'm in my infancy as a true cut flower grower. But the concept of pinching um, flowers back. So you get this first stem that the flower is sending up. And it's really hard to do, especially with things like dahlias where you're like, oh, look, it's going to bloom and you cut it off. Yeah. But what that does is it encourages the plant to branch and you get a much stockier, sturdier plant rather than that kind of spindly tall thing that grows beautiful and big and then falls over. Um, So yeah, I think like giving yourself permission to like cut things back and then let them regrow um, is, is fun to experiment with. It's so, you know, it is a really difficult thing and it's something that I have been working on for years, but I kind of went hog wild this year with it after listening to a flower grower like a podcast with somebody mm-hmm. and naming so many different varieties of things that you could do that with mm-hmm. um, the pinching back, the and... pinching back and, and having some really great 
yeah looking plants happening you, because you just, of it you do it once and and doing it I, the, I remember the year when I went along and my entire row of snapdragons just like cutting them all off and I was like oh my hope this is gonna work oh and it was really hard to do but then I just had this amazing crop yeah. of snapdragons and so I think you know doing it um, asters I've done it mm -hmm. with asters for years I mean a lot of those things that you have flop on you mid-season if you can go ahead and do that pinching back yeah. And pinching back, I, I, you know, I was really fussy about it at first with really going to side branching nodes and stuff. But honestly, you can be kind of really kind of mean with it. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Probably going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, if if it's like it's incredibly precious plant that you paid fifty dollars for, you know, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's really going to freak you out if it dies. But I think you know, I mean, that's the lovely thing about just experimenting and and giving yourself permission to experiment and learn. I think gardening is a lifelong process certainly where I am now um, I think about who I was you know young gardener Teresa at like 16 17 like having my first forays and experiments um, into kind of making autonomous decisions about what's going to happen in a garden mm -hmm. and um, having so many things die oh I, th I think about that you're like in my lifetime I have killed so many plants <laughs> but I've learned every time and I've and I've gained knowledge and I've gained understanding I'm still sad when things die that I, when I didn't mean them to, but I am much better Send about them to the compost. Yeah, I'm just I'm just better about being like okay with it, and you know, and learning from that, and and also understanding that there will be a next year, that there will be another season, um, that didn't work this year, and maybe sometimes it's admitting that it's not going to work in my garden. Yeah, it's not going to work on my farm. Yeah, I wish it would. This is not the place for that plant and letting it go. Yeah. Yeah. So, Trying right. it out. Experimenting. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong. And and yeah. death is part of the cycle. Sometimes they come sooner than we want them to. And then yeah. we bring in the transcendentalism and oh. compost. <laughs> a good compost pile is a really good thing to start building this time of year. <laughs> so I, I guess I just, you know, right now I would just encourage everybody to take time in their gardens and just appreciate the abundance that we're having right now. Um, if those weeds are small, maybe you can just throw some straw over them or something mm -hmm. right now. You yeah. know, and just sit around. Learn to use a hoe. <laughs> yes, yeah. the hula hole, scuffle hoe. Those are great. And, and you know, just do your best, try, but also don't kill. I think, like, just don't, don't work yourself so hard trying to make your garden perfect that you don't have the moment to enjoy it. Yeah, why? And, and wild's savor, good. yeah, to savor what's going on, spend some time outside, you know, appreciate the sunny days if they ever show up again. <laughs> Watch it a month from now, we're going to be complaining about it. It's so Oh my hot. gosh, I have to water so much. <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, I, Jessica, thank you for sharing your garden oh, this afternoon. Teresa, it's thanks. so beautiful. Yeah. And I've just loved sitting here listening to the birds and Tucker the dog. And Tucker's like, it's dinner time. I know. I know. <laughs> I want to thank Emily for, for coming here and, and showing us how to use the little recording machine. Absolutely. I want to thank you guys out there for tuning in and thinking about gardens with us. Yeah, and, and for supporting community radio because that's a really important thing and I think I really appreciate community in this moment. This The lessons of this year have taught me how important community is and how being able to connect through things like radio are so important. So yeah, I mean, thanks we for are, listening. Yeah. Thank you. And, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah.